Hello and welcome to episode 383 of the Veg Grow podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow as much food as I can in my Lebanon garden. Now coming up this week I've had two questions on our voicemail service about how to heat a greenhouse and what are out-of-date seeds good for and should they be concerned. We're going to go into those in a bit more detail in just a moment but firstly let's find out what I've been up to in my own garden. It is Saturday the 6th of January 2021. I'm down on the allotment today, the first time in a few weeks that I've been down here. Now, I've avoided the allotment, as you know, for the last couple of weeks because I was under the impression we were not going to have access. About two months ago, we were notified that for two weeks in January, the entrance to the allotment will be closed due to the roadworks that are going on. And, you know, as annoying as it is, I thought that was fair enough. They gave us plenty of notification... They did set up some other areas that we can park on and have access to the allotments, but it was going to be a bit a bit difficult to say the least. And I I just figured I've got a lot to do at home. I'm going to concentrate on there and I'll worry about the allotment when the weather gets a bit better. Well that was meant to have finished by now, so I came down this morning in order to just do a quick check around and, and do a few tasks. But when I approached the entrance, there was a notice on the entrance saying that the planned roadworks have been postponed. Really annoying that I didn't get any other notification. Now, when they told us these roadworks were going ahead, they actually emailed us to say it was happening and, and kept us pretty well informed. To tell us it was postponed, I had nothing other than this sign on the allotment entrance, which I'm really a bit annoyed about because I could have came down here a bit more. But yeah, it came on, got access anyway, and I'm in on my allotment. Now, one thing I brought down with me is one of my old beds from home. This is a bed made out of decking board, old decking board, if I remember right, reclaimed from my brother-in-law's house. Uh, It's it's only about 1.8 metres by 1 metre. And I've got three of these beds at home that are all going to come down here and just act as the edging on the top half of my allotment. But I just brought one down and just put it into place just to see how it looks and get an idea of how we're going to proceed with it. And I've got to say I'm pretty happy with it so we can uh, at least say we've got one bed down. All I've got to do is fill it in with cardboard, add a load of compost and that'll be good to go. Now as I walked around my allotment just checking on everything I've got to say actually everything's in pretty good condition I can't can't complain these two weeks haven't really done too much harm I did note that my purple sprouting broccoli however has been nibbled on something probably pigeons after a, a snack I think I said in last week's one that they are going to be very hungry at this time of year so so that's something I have to stop. Now what I've done is I've stuck a cane in the ground and in my shed I had some bird scaring tape which is basically silver on one side and it just flutters in the wind and catches a light and scares off any birds. Primitive but it works. I'm not a great lover of scaring off birds on a whole because I, I don't mind working with nature. But when they are nibbling my brassicas to the point that they almost can't survive, it is time then I have to do something because I'm growing food for myself, most importantly. Now, after that, I did a bit of weeding outside and I harvested a few potatoes, cabbages, parsnips, carrots, quite a bit of food that we've got going on. Then I headed into my granddad's greenhouse. 
Inside my granddad's greenhouse, I had a few old compost bags that were empty and I've just dumped them in there, in all honesty. Well, don't need them anymore, so I've put them into a bin liner to take down the dump. I hate waste at the best of times. I really do hate waste. And I one thing I hate about buying compost, it's necessary, but it comes in bags that are basically not useful for anything else really unless well there are uses for for compost but on a whole they're not that useful so i've had to get rid of those uh i've also noticed that my chili plants that were in the greenhouse in my wicking beds i was hoping to overwinter them but it's always i i've not really done anything to try and overwinter them i've just left them in there in all honesty well i've actually died now i'm not surprised because it has been pretty cold over the last few weeks and it was always going to happen at some point and yeah i'm not again i'm not overly fussed with that i'll just have to dig out all the the roots and everything and replant next year i'm going to have plenty of chili plants so it's not again a huge problem for me Right, well that's it for today. I'm going to head on home because it's starting to rain and I've got a few things that I want to do at home. <laughs> it's Sunday the 7th of February 2021 today and uh, yeah, been a productive day. I'm in the potting shed at the moment. You might hear the heat come on because it's very, very cold outside. Fortunately, when I fitted a heater in here a couple of weeks ago, it keeps it just nice and toasty and warm in here. That makes it really pleasant to work in. And on a day like today, where it has been pretty cold outside, it's nice to have somewhere warm to come in the evening, like I'm doing this evening. Now, this morning, we were told it was going to have snow, and we never really got any snow at all. We got a few flurries falling from the sky throughout the day, but Amanda, my wife, she cracked on and started cutting down the ivy that was behind the shed that we took down last week. Now, while she was doing that, I cut down some of the wood from the shed that I took down, some of the good bits anyway, and I started making myself a little water butt stand for my water butts that are going to go alongside this shed out of sight and I figured I can probably fit four water butts along there just out of sight so nobody can see them they won't look so messy and they will store the water for me which is really what I want anybody that knows me will tell you I store a lot of rainwater I have a lot of water butts in my garden I think it's something like 18 water butts we have now here home and it pays off because it means we don't really have to use mains water to water our garden so that's why i was building a stand to do that and that once that's in place it'll be good to go i've also cut down some more wood to attach some of the corrugated metal that i took off the shed last week now this is in order so i can build some new beds down on the allotment they're going to be the same size as the other beds on the allotment 2.4 meters by 1.4 meters but these are going to be very deep they're about just over two foot deep or uh, was that 65 centimeters i was counting the wood at so quite deep beds going to take a lot of compost to fill them up but you know what it's just good to use these things again uh, and pop them into use and, and that's what i'm really about is trying to recycle as much as i can it saves money and it will look pretty good metal will rust eventually but 
you know what, I don't care. I just don't care. It's, it's put it into use. Now, I followed that up by coming into this shed. Now, in this shed, I had some cauliflower seedlings that were sown a few weeks ago and they were starting to get a bit leggy if I'm honest but I also needed to be potted on or pricked out into individual trays so I filled up three root trainers pricked out all these cauliflower seedlings in, into their own individual pots and hopefully now they will grow on and get bigger and won't be so leggy I think it might just be a bit too warm in here for them Although with this cold snap, this shed is actually getting quite full of plants. I would like to get them outside into the greenhouse, but I think I'm going to wait a few days just for the weather to warm up a little bit more before I move them outside. After that, I then sowed a few more seeds. I sowed some more chilies, some more aubergines and some celery. Now, I've never grown celery before. We don't eat a huge amount of celery at all here. And that's saying something because my wife is always on a, on a health kick or trying to eat healthy and lose weight, not that she needs to. But, but celery is meant to be very good for people on a diet and stuff. But we just hardly ever buy it. So I've never bothered growing it. But I went through a, my seed box and I found the packet and I thought, I'm going to try it. I'm going to sow some celery. I know they need a long growing period, so we'll start them now under heat. And they need a lot of water. And when they get planted out, a lot of food, a lot of water as well. So they're going to need quite a bit of work. But we'll, we'll see how it goes throughout the year. Just something else I like to try and do. Anyway, that is what I've been up to today. Pretty busy, like I say, feeling like I've been very productive here. Got a lot of stuff done despite the weather. And I think this is going to be it for this week's diary section. <music> A few months ago, I launched the VegGrow Podcast Supporters Club. Each month, I send out a gift pack of a collection of seeds to sow each month along with a newsletter. I also produce behind-the-scenes podcasts or videos providing club members with extra content. And we are constantly adding extra features to improve the club. It costs just £5 a month and current members tell me that they have found that the seeds alone are value for money. This also helps me keep the podcast and the website running and more importantly, it helps me encourage and inspire more people to grow their own food. Now, if that sounds like something you are interested in joining, then head over to the vegroundpodcast.co.uk to find out more. But if you want to support the podcast without becoming a member, we also have merchandise available on the website, including mugs and t-shirts. Or leave a review on your podcast service or share this podcast with others. It all goes a long way to help supporting the VegGround podcast. Well, it's pretty cold out there this evening, so I've came inside, I've got the fire going to keep us warm, and I'm making the most of being indoors. Now, this week I have received a couple of questions using our new voicemail feature, and I thought I'd play these questions in and answer them. So for my first question, let's go to Amanda. 
Hi, yeah, I'm having a day today of um, sorting through my seeds and, and getting lots potted, which is quite exciting. But as I look on the back of some of the seed packets, I can see that um, I bought them at probably the start to mid last year. And I can see that some of them have already gone past their expiry date. So I just wanted to get your opinion on whether... Um, to pot them whether they would still grow whether if they did grow the crop would be as good as if they were in date well that's a really interesting question i've got to say i've got to admit i'm guilty for throwing away out of date seeds when it comes to time to sort my seed collection out the reason i throw them out is actually just to make room it seems easier to throw seeds that they say are out of date than it is to throw away any brand new seeds and god knows I hate waste. So what do we mean by seeds are out of date? Well, if you look on the back of most seed packets, they will have a date that says sow by date. And when they go past that date, we generally regard them as out of date. But it's not like food where they'll suddenly rot or be no good. The truth is when it comes to sow by dates, the seed companies run tests to see how long most seeds will have a, a decent germination rate. So let's say you have 100 seeds, a good germination rate might be something like 80%. So out of 100 seeds, you would get 80 plants. If it falls below that 80%, which it will do over time, it would consider it to be a poor germination. So what the seed companies do is they do experiments and they set these sow-by dates based on when they would expect the last chance for them to get a decent germination rate of say let's say 80 percent i'm not sure on the figures because it does depend on what the seeds can be so after that date does that mean they are no good no it doesn't in all honesty you can still sow those seeds and there's a good chance you will still get the seeds germinate now the sow by dates are worked out based on a worst case scenario in many cases so if you look after your seeds and you keep them somewhere cool dry and dark there's a good chance they will last much longer than this sow by date says i personally have sown seeds that are 10 years out of date and they've came up pretty well but i do keep my seeds inside an old fridge so i think that really just goes to show that these sow by dates are not necessarily true to form but what they are really there the way i see it is for a bit of quality control for the seed manufacturer or the seed companies i should say they're a way of saying to us look after this date we cannot guarantee you're going to get a good germination rate now if you do have some out of date seeds that you want to see if they will germinate what you can do is sprinkle a few seeds on some damp kitchen roll and keep it somewhere warm after a while you will see them start to sprout and if you get a good amount of seed sprout there's a good chance you're going to get a good amount of seeds when you actually come to sow them or even if you get one or two, it shows you just how well or how good those seeds still are. Now, what I also like to do is if I have seeds such as cauliflower or kale or broccoli that have out of date and I still have hundreds of other seed packets, I will use those seeds to make microgreens. Again, just sprinkle those over some damp kitchen roll. They will germinate and produce some small microgreens. Nice and easy and it's a good way of reusing up old seeds in my opinion. I hope that answers your question, Amanda. If anybody else has any thoughts on that, then please do get in touch. Now, I've got another question about greenhouse heaters. 
Hi, my name's Toby. I've just joined your podcast um, and I wanted to know what the best way of heating a greenhouse is that doesn't have access to electricity. I'm currently using a small paraffin burner, but it doesn't seem to be having much impact. I've already used bubble wrap to try and uh, kind of protect the plants inside, but I just wondered if anybody had any advice. Thanks very much. Well, this is a great question from Toby. Now, I've got to admit, heating a greenhouse isn't something I've done a huge amount of looking into, in all honesty. Reason being is I've got some pretty mild climate here in Littlehampton. I'm quite close to the sea, so that that helps keep our area a bit warmer. But I have been thinking about adding a heater to my greenhouse, and how would I go about it? Well, my first plan of attack is what I've already done. I've added heat sinks into my garden, or heat batteries as I like to call them. Now what these are, are they are items that when the sun shines on and it's warm, these items then warm up throughout the day. But come night, as it gets colder, the air temperature drops, they then emit the heat out into the air and helps warm them up. So what do I use for these items? Well, I keep a water butt inside my greenhouse that is full of water and that acts as a heat sink. I also have my paths in my greenhouse made out of paving slabs. Being stone, again, they act as a heat sink. Now these don't act as a heater as such, but they just act as a bit of a a bit of something that just lifts that temperature a degree or two, which might make all the difference. Now if it gets really cold, I would think about insulating my greenhouse as well. And as Toby said, he's used bubble wrap for this very reason. And that will act at just keeping that heat within that greenhouse for a little bit longer. After that, then we need to think about how we can heat the greenhouse. And as Toby has already said, he has a a little paraffin heater. Now, what I've taken away from Toby is that he said a little paraffin heater. Now, I brought a little paraffin heater last week and the box actually said it was intended for a cold frame. And I sort of thought, you know what, I'm going to try it anyway. It was next to useless. The amount of heat this little heater would pot out was not enough to raise a large greenhouse or even a small greenhouse for that matter. So what we have to think about is how much wattage that that heater is going to want to be for our size of greenhouse. Now I did a bit of research into this. My greenhouse is six foot by six foot, which gives us 36 square feet. So for that size greenhouse, we are looking at a heater of about 300 watts in order to give it some frost protection. But if we want to heat it to make it a hot greenhouse so that we can grow bananas or hot plants or things like that all year round, we're looking up about a thousand watts. That's quite a lot of wattage and paraffin heaters really struggle at anything more than three to five hundred watts that are intended for a greenhouse. We can buy paraffin heaters that are intended for indoors but they're several hundred pounds to buy. So what I would be inclined to do is to buy a bigger paraffin heater. I found one on Amazon for £72.05p at this time. And that's got two wicks on it, so it would pot an output of about 600 watts of heat. Or I found from B&Q a 300 watt single wick paraffin heater for £30. But I would buy 
two of those and have them at opposite ends of the greenhouse. The added security of this is of course that if one heater fails, the other one will be enough to keep that greenhouse ticking over. So that's probably what I would look at doing, getting a second paraffin heater in the greenhouse. Now there is a risk with paraffin heaters. First off, they do have a tendency to give off water vapour which can lead to condensation in a greenhouse, which isn't very good for the plants. That's all down to opening the window or opening the door for several minutes every day just to get a bit of ventilation through and hopefully get rid of that condensation. There's also a risk of carbon monoxide inside that greenhouse. Now, carbon monoxide is very poisonous to humans. Now, what I would do to combat that, if I have a paraffin heater going in any greenhouse, I would open the door for several minutes before I even think about going in there. I would probably also put a carbon monoxide tester in there just to be on the safe side as well. Now the other risk with any naked flame inside a greenhouse is of course it could set the greenhouse on fire which we don't want. So if you do think about getting a paraffin heater or even a petrol heater or a natural gas heater then think about where you put it and make sure it's not going to catch anything on fire. Now the other option in Toby's case could be something like a natural gas heater which I found a 1500 watt heater for £150. Now it's quite large in the actual size of this heater so it's probably not going to be ideal for most of our greenhouses out there. The next option unfortunately isn't for any good in Toby's case because it involves electric and that would be an electric heater. Now electric heaters I think are far more efficient and far more safer providing the electrics have been done correctly and by a professional person. We are going to be in wet moist atmospheres so water and electrics does not mix very well. That being said if you can get the electrics to the greenhouse and you can get it done properly and safely I found a 2000 watt electric greenhouse heater on Amazon for under £50 which I've got to say is a lot cheaper than any of the other options and a lot higher heat output and a lot more efficient. So that's the several options that I have for you. I've added links to all these options in the blog post for this episode if you want to go and check those out as well as where I found out a bit of research on what I need to do. I hope that's of some use to you, Toby, and to everybody else out there. But if anybody has actually had more experience with heaters in a greenhouse, then please do get in touch. I'd love to share these thoughts on this and and get a consensus going on what everyone else uses. Well, if you've got a question that you want to share, just like Amanda and Toby, then please do visit the website and leave a voicemail on the option that we have there. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. If you've got anything else you want to add, you can email me, richard at uk. You can visit the website and leave a comment at uk, where you can find me on social media. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. Until next time, please take care.